5: Listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 Oh, good morning
4: everybody. Uh does everyone is the new fad see-through pants? Huh? With Major <laughs> League Baseball. Huh? They got right. see-through pants. You gonna go hey, out and get oh. some see-through pants, Rich? You, Jared? I don't no. know. I might get a pair if this is the new style.
6: It's I uh fake pants. It's 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 so funny varied reaction to this. There are certain uh sourced reports from anonymous players saying that it's You know, this is, you know, bull and, you know, gosh, they got to go and change things on us. And then there are certain players like, eh, don't bother me. (laughs) You know, it's a, man, it is a varied, uh, it is a varied reaction. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that was what they were going for. Like when Bobby Manfred, the commission of the league, when he was down Bobby. there in the grapefruit league, yeah, old Bobbo, when he was, <laughs> when he was down there in the grapefruit leagues, giving his address and he was saying, Hey, you know, listen, I think the players are really going to like these. I don't know if he realized he was doing like a little strip
7: tease for those in Florida and Arizona <laughs> taking in the, uh, the, the spring training action. I mean, guys, I, I think uh, the, the porn star aesthetic is in, right? That's the uh, right. I heard, I heard <laughs> mob wife aesthetic is in for the ladies these days. I guess porn star aesthetic for the athletes is the vibe. But also, it brings me back to the George Costanza Seinfeld episode when the cotton, right? And I don't know if you guys, guys ever Seinfeld fans, if you understand that, that, that uh, reference, it is very similar. In a sense, but different, but similar enough to where you can laugh at it. And I was laughing at it yesterday. Oh, yeah. Yeah,
4: yeah, for, yeah, for anyone who's like, what are these guys talking about? It's you know, like, Major League Baseball in spring training. They've gone the cheaper route with the material for the jerseys. a big deal. And some of the, um, you know, the darker tops – Right. When they're tucked in, you can see the jersey through the pants because the pants have material that is so cheap. You can see see right through it. I can't believe we've been talking about this for weeks. You know, it's it's just it's not smart for baseball to do this. Not at all. But what are you going to do? Yeah. How about this? This could also be not so smart. So earlier this week. The college football playoff 12-team format was approved unanimously. So we've got a 5-plus-7 model, the five highest-ranked conference champions, and the next seven highest-ranked teams. Boom. We've got our 12-team playoff. Onward and upward. And then it's like, oh, yeah, hey, just by the way, we're discussing expanding this thing to 14 teams (laughs) by 2026 what are we doing we haven't even seen 12 teams yet and we might only have it for two years this is crazy to me
6: yeah yeah it's well so this is um, Pandora's box right this is the same thing that we're talking about with name image and likeness going to the players uh, you're gonna see multi-million dollar deals on the regular for these players that's gonna become synonymous with the sport um I think frankly, even this Madden $600 payout uh, per player, even that's going to open a Pandora, Pandora's box of its own. In fact, that may become the sole reason that players unionize over I, when it's all said and done, because I, I was crunching the numbers, and you know me, I'm not a numbers guy, so I had a calculator out, and I was putting, <laughs> together, I was putting together how much this, that, that EA Sports could make if this game sells well. And, you know, you're talking about potentially over the course of, I don't know, the first couple of weeks, if they sell like they did back in 2014, you, at $70 a pop, you could make something like close to $200 million in the yeah. first two weeks of game sales. Well, they're only paying each of these student athletes 600 bucks per player. Well, 600 bucks per player times 85 times 132, which is 85 players per the 132 Division I teams, comes out to like $7 million. So if the players are all of a sudden seeing EA Sports make something like $200 million off of $7 million spent on their name, image, and likeness, there's going to be open revolt. So you're going to see all these things in college football cascade forward, including the playoffs, because the playoffs make money. And everybody's aware of it. So 12 games is going to turn into 14 games. Pretty too soon, 14 games, and I promise you we're headed there, is going to turn into 32 games. And then who knows? Maybe we'll have two
7: 64-team brackets that we're, wow. we're filling out at some point. That would be a big stretch. I, I don't think we'll get there anytime soon. But I agree that we will get – I mean, this is this is becoming now a money grab. It's been a money grab since the NIL started. And frankly, the the big story with the NIL stuff happened yesterday, too, when I don't want to get too into the legal mumbo-jumbo, but the Tennessee and Virginia ruling by the judge that allowed NIL collectives to now speak directly with high school recruits and transfer portal players, that is a big, big change. I mean, it's basically opening up a completely separate Pandora's box where these groups can now directly get in touch with incoming players and transfers and it is another step towards the unionization of college football. We saw it a little bit earlier. I think it was a week or two ago. There was another ruling. And now we're kind of on this collision course with, let's just call it what it is. It's an open market with unions. I mean, it's the NCAA is going to cease to exist in in the current form in a decade. Like, it's just not going to be the same NCAA because of the football programs kind of Overtaking the, the 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 money and it's gonna be interesting. I think with the expansion, yeah, I agree, Brian. Like can we have one year at 12 first before like we already expanded? <laughs> like I I'd like to see it one time through the rotation before I make my decision if we need to expand this thing right away. But I just think they see the potential for it and it's almost like, you know, when one of those cartoons when like the the you know Donald Duck like sees like the treasure and his eyeballs turn to money signs they're completely hypnotized by this, you know, the dollar. And I think it's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and eventually it's going to turn into a monster that we don't even recognize anymore.
4: Yeah, I just I hate to see it because my my ideal scenario, now that it's a 12-team format for at least two years, subject to change, you yeah, know, right. like my ideal format would be, Every game is a home game except for the championship game, was at, which is at the Rose Bowl every single yeah. year. We keep Ooh, the like daddy of them all. Are you beholden to the Fiesta Bowl? Do you think no. the Sugar Bowl, a neutral site, site is going to make a semifinal game better or worse? It's going to be worse. And if you had every game at a home stadium, you keep the importance of the regular season intact to a similar degree than what we've enjoyed. You don't have teams at the end of the regular season saying, eh, hey, we got our seating locked up. You know, we get a first-round buy. We're going to be at neutral sites anyway, so let's shut it on down. Who cares about the SEC championship game? You know what I mean? You're not going to get that if you have games at home sites. But the power of the dollar, they're not going to do that. And then they're going to expand this thing to 14, maybe 16. And think about this. If it's 16 teams, who has the advantage? It's the teams that don't get to the conference championship yep. game that get a bye week, and then they don't have an extra game to play. It devalues
7: the regular season. I get it. It, <laughs> it absolutely
4: devalues the regular season even more. So I would love to see home sites for all these playoff games except the championship game. And I just hate where this is going because as soon as you start talking to me about the Big Ten and the SEC wanting it to expand for selfish, self-serving reasons, which is automatic bids. Now we're even watering down the regular season more if that becomes a thing. I hate where this thing is going, and I don't see how it's going to reverse course anytime soon. Yeah, you're 100% right. If you
6: you don't make it fair, open competition where – Every conference, or what's left of them, when the things start shaking out more, every conference has equal share of participation. What you're going to have is an uneven representation of college football at at the tippy top of the sport because you'll have you'll have teams like you know I'm name them like you know I, I, the third best out of. The SEC this year, or the third best out of the Big Ten, get unfair representation.
7: (laughs) I mean, that's honestly, Penn State's the clear example of this because they can't get over Michigan or Ohio State. It's like, there you go Perfect. you know uh,
6: you you get unfair representation uh I guess in 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 the playoffs and then and then all of a sudden you know some other teams who may be more deserving out of the group of five potentially even like a a, a UCF from a couple of years ago who you know had their claim yeah. of a national championship run or a Cincinnati or what have you. Um, get snuffed out, left out, because they're they're making too much room for the big conference power players because of the share of the money. That's where I think it gets really wonky. But if this is anything that resembles equitable, and you do have home site playoff games, and you do have a situation where it is a, it feels at least more like a meritocracy like college basketball does, and you expand the playoffs even beyond 14. Now, I understand you're saying, and I agree with it, Let's see what 12 looks like before we expand yeah. to 14. Yeah. Let's see what let's see what 14 let's see if 14 is even viable before we expand beyond that, but if you can set up a situation where you have enough teams where it makes sense to print out brackets in college football also And now with players being paid, and I promise you, they're going to be getting paid a lot more than they are right now in terms of baseline pay entering college football over the next decade. So a lot of these conversations about, hey, we're abusing these student athletes is going to go away because they're paid professionals. Uh, You're going to see more games played, you know, 12 regular season games plus a championship game, plus maybe it'll take four more games to get to, uh, to, to to hoist a national championship trophy. You know, okay, so say it is a 15-game season for the national champs. You think anybody's complaining, especially if they have some bonuses built into those playoff games, some incentive mm-hmm. bonuses? I, I, I really see this system potentially working. And then as a result of it, I, I see fans enjoying the postseason way more than they used to, but I think it's going to take a long time before we get to something that even feels right. I, 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 I don't know why, but I have real reticence that just expansion is good. I, I think it has to be expanded the right way.
7: Yeah, and I don't want to get boring about this, but it reminds me of the Bitcoin craze. It, so a few years ago, for those that were into it, right, no one knew what Bitcoin was like five years ago. It like, didn't exist and then all of a sudden it hit like astronomical figures during this crazy expansion, and everyone it was euphoric. People kept buying it and buying it and buying it. It reached, I think, 60,000 at one point. And then it just, as normal things do, consolidate and regress. And we saw the price drop precipitously. I think it got all the way down to like 15 or 20,000. It like dropped threefold before we finally found that bottom. And then since then, over the last couple of years, it has been a slow, steady march upwards. Couple of downward tilts as most markets have. But my point being, like you saw that initial explosion, and it just it couldn't, it was propped up on nothing. It just it it didn't have the foundation to stay there with a quick burst like that. And it just it dropped right back down. I'm not saying that's what's gonna happen in this world, but you can kind of see the comparisons where we went from no NIL, no college football playoff, nothing, to now this wild west state that we are living in in college football. It's going to keep changing. 100%. It And it's going to keep changing. It is going to keep advancing and evolving. But there has to be some natural contraction first to where we can actually get a sense of what's happening. We've already like, – that's Brian your your initial point was completely spot on. Like we are already changing so much and before the change is even implemented, we are changing <laughs> it again. Yeah. Like it just like that is problematic for growth and expansion. Eventually you see the drop. Just like Bitcoin did. It reached the top and it went straight down. I don't know what that will look like in college football, but it feels like we're kind of going towards that road. It sure does. That's the voice of Jared Smith,
4: FSR betting analyst. Rich Ornberger with us, Penn State All-American. I'm Brian. No, if you like using debit over credit, shouldn't you also get rewarded? Well, now you can with Discover Cashback Debit. It's a checking account that rewards everyone with cash back on everyday purchases with no fees. Period. Check out eligibility and terms at discover.com/slash cashback debit. Discover Bank Member FDIC. You guys know the Doors song, "Mr. Oh, Mojo yeah. Rising." You Love the know door, that, right? yeah. yeah. Well, the NFL's mojo is rising, so to speak. That is on the way. It's Fox Sports Saturday right here on Fox Sports Radio.
5: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen
3: live.
5: Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
4: There it is. There it is. There's the mojo rising right there. You know, Fox Sports Saturday here on Fox Sports Radio. The NFL's mojo is rising. The salary cap is up. It's up in a big way. It's higher than we thought it would be. It will be set in 2024 at $255.4 million for each team. That is a stunning... 13.6% increase over last year's cap. And here's the interesting thing is because the cap is rising higher than teams expected, it opens up some interesting – Uh, Possibilities. Some some doors have been opened over here. No pun intended. With the doors right there. Oh, that was good. Yeah, I didn't mean that at all. That was awesome. No, 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 no. (laughs) But how about the Chiefs? That's where I immediately go. These teams mostly thought the salary cap was going to be around the two forties. Now it's two fifty five. So all of a sudden, the Chiefs they've got almost twenty eight million dollars to play with here. So it makes you wonder. Hey, what are they going to be able to do? Are they going to be able to go out and maybe? make a splash in terms of a wide receiver, maybe they could. And then you also, at least I do, I look right down to the teams over the cap. Mm. And a couple of teams stand out. The Cowboys are over the cap, not by a ton, but over by $8 The Dolphins, they've cut Xaven Howard and Emmanuel Agba. They're still over the cap. The Buffalo Bills, they're nearly $42 million over the cap right now. And so they're going to have to make some tough decisions. You can only restructure so many contracts. You're eventually going to have to let a couple of players go to get under the cap. But you got more to work with there, and it impacts all these teams and and in somewhat different ways depending on where they were before this rise took place.
6: Yeah, yeah, and and what this does is it puts certain teams in a little bit of a predicament because now they're going to have to be truth-sayers. You know, the Chiefs, perfect example you just brought him up, Brian, now, before they look for receivers, they're going to have to make a decision on Chris Jones and Le'Jarius Sneed. Yeah. So that defense is what floated them to the playoffs and then won them, helped win them a Super Bowl, even though the offense finally clicked in. In the postseason it it really was a a huge defensive effort for the Chiefs this year to stay relevant when they were having some offensive struggles and Chris Jones had a lot to do with it obviously Snead corners elite corners in this league have a lot to do with that when a defense performs really well so we know that they didn't want to extend uh, uh, Jones this offseason we know that there was that scuttlebutt over his contract and I think the the general manager and his team i'm talking about chris jones team was able to kick the can down the road with a more incentive laden contract added to whatever base salary it was he was going to earn and say okay well listen you know we'll bridge this gap a little bit we'll kick the can down the road and then we'll have our big talk at season's end well now with this expansion of the salary cap they can't hide behind the excuse, hey, you know, we're, we're, we're trying, we're bending over backwards for you, but, geez, oh, man, like they've got the money for that. And then you, you got Snead, who's going to have his hands out in a big way. It, so it's going to be interesting what happens on the defensive side for the Chiefs. Also, if I'm Patrick Mahomes, mm. that contract that I'm signed to, that's looking a little paltry in comparison mm. to some of my contemporaries across the NFL I might go knocking on the general manager's door and say, hey, it's time for a little bit of a boost. Remember, back-to-back Super Bowl champs, back-to-back Super Bowl MVPs. So it's not always a great thing when the salary <laughs> cap goes up because yeah. all of a sudden a lot of hungry, uh, hungry, hungry hippos come out. And they want to <laughs> gobble up all those little
7: ping pong balls in the middle of the bo- board. You know what? It's kind of fun. It's like, on the surface, it looks like this is a really good thing for the players. I think it is, right? Anytime there's more money to go around. But it kind of—I it, I was reading a story earlier this week on—I um, forget which side. It might have been Yahoo or The Athletic. And it was kind of comparing it to imagine you're in credit card debt. And a lot of these teams are in credit card debt, right? They're over the cap. And all of a sudden, your limit gets increased, Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, it's a good thing on the surface because, oh, I get to spend more money and I don't have to pay it off because I'm under my limit. But you're still in debt and you're still in a bad situation financially. You're just given a little bit of an extra leash. Some teams will use that extra leash and spend more money on players. Some teams might use that extra leash and give it, you know, give themselves a chance to reset their already bad situation. So while on the surface, I think this is absolutely a good thing that doesn't mean every team is going to spend responsibly, right? We talk about responsible gambling all the time. How about responsible cap spending? Just because you have more money to spend doesn't necessarily mean you're going to A, spend it the right way, B, be able to get your other guys in tow to where you've got yourself an equilibrium setting up here. But one thing that really stood out to me was the franchise player numbers. I mean, if you get franchise tagged as a quarterback, how can you be mad? Your tender is $38 million. And some of these guys, like, how about this? Linebacker actually now has the second highest franchise tender. I didn't know that. I thought it was another position. If you get franchised as a linebacker now, you get 24 mil. I mean, it, it's, to me, I, I think this is absolutely a good thing on the surface. But I think some teams are not going to do, spend it the right way. And it might just set up another problem down the road. But, man, oh, man, i looking at the numbers since COVID. So, COVID, 2020 to 2021, the cap went down. It went down by about five, $10 million. Since then, it has been a steady climb up to the point now where a $30 $30 million increase. um, I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy to think that the cap for the 94 season was 34 million. And now that's how much the salary, uh, you know, cap is going up every year. It just, it truly is remarkable. Yeah, it is. Uh, TV money obviously has a lot to do with that. Um,
4: And it's, it's just going to keep going up. Like, It's not expected to boom steadily, like a a 13.6% increase like every single year. This was more of the bigger boom with the TV money, but it's not going down unless there's another pandemic. And knock on wood, we don't have to to do that whole thing again. It's just a cash cow, man. That's how it is. You've got all these. You have uh, Amazon Prime. They're replacing Peacock for the streaming-only playoff game. And that's for the tune of $120 million for a game. You know what I'm saying? So when you couple that with the overall TV money, it's no mystery why the cap is ballooned the way it, it has. But um, you know what? We're going to balloon our mornings over here because we've got Nick Cope with us. huh? Gotcha. That is the sound of... Pleasantries, you know what I'm saying? Not a hot the, air balloon, right? the opposite. No, 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 of a no, no definitely balloon? not. No, it's, it's a, uh, a, majestic <laughs> majestic a a majestic, majestic, a
2: majestic hot air balloon. I love yeah. it. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't right. think I don't think that adjective has ever. Uh, oh, maybe I don't know.
7: I, I like it. Run with it. All right. We'll do, we'll do it. Majestic hot air it's balloon yours. incoming. Uh, speaking of the
2: cap, the Dolphins, they are trying to get under it. They released a couple of their veteran players on defense, including defensive lineman Emmanuel Ogba. And NFL media reports that they're expected to release four-time Pro Bowl corner Zavian Howard. Also late on Friday, we learned of the first franchise tag. NFL media reports the Bengals are placing the tag on receiver T. Higgins, expected to be valued at $21.8 million four receivers this year would be fully guaranteed. College sports federal judge in Tennessee granted a preliminary injunction that prevents the NCAA from enforcing its name, image, and likeness rules as it relates to recruiting. In the NBA, the Warriors and Steve Kerr have agreed on a two year, $35 million extension. and makes Kerr the highest paid coach in NBA history. On the court Friday night, the Warriors knocked off the Hornets a low scoring game, 97 to 84. It's 1995 all over again. Bucks edge the West leading Timberwolves. Minnesota, 112-107. Lakers over the Spurs, 123-118. Victor Wembanyama had a 5-by-5 game. That's at least 5 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, 5 steals, and 5 blocks. He's the 15th player in NBA history to do it, and the first since Yusuf Nurkic back in 2019. Speaking of, Nikola Jokic, he had a triple-double for the second straight night as the Nuggets handled the Blazers, 127-112, to 29-15-14 and 14 for Jokic. Heat beat the Pelicans 106-95. to 95. Jimmy Butler was among four players ejected during a fourth-quarter scuffle. Uh, golf, you got the Mexico Open third round coming up today. American Jason Knapp among a four-way tie atop the leaderboard. And finally, scores in spring training. Not just kidding, guys. Back to you.
7: <laughs> <laughs> nice. I was ready for some Cactus League action right there. Well, both Very betting on spring done. training already. He's already sent out. Cactus
2: League better than, uh, than Florida, right?
7: I don't. Even um, know. I, I really don't know. I, I don't know yeah. But, yeah, yeah. I, I don't I've know. never it's, had a strong opinion. Yeah. <laughs> well, grapefruit <laughs> taste better than cactuses. That's not all
2: competitively. I've got for you. I was just gonna say travel wise, you can literally hit up. Ah,
7: oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
6: Everybody
2: yeah. in Arizona.
6: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Florida's yeah. Florida's yeah. a very if long. If you've state. never been, if you go to Old Scottsdale for spring training. Yeah. I lived in Arizona for a year with the when I was playing for the Cardinals. Dude, spring training in Arizona is majestic. Agreed. They've got that. That whole thing set up real well over there.
4: You know, now that the football season is over, we've been putting our heads together for, we call them benchmarks in radio. You know, it's just like a a staple where at the end of the first hour, we do this uh, segment, right? And it's just a, a common thing that we do each week. So the football season's over and that's changed things a little bit. Maybe we do something like Brian and Rich actually agree on a hot button topic, you know,
0: Has that because happened it, in it the seems like we're on opposite of sides
4: often, and I know we're going to be on the opposite side of this next one. Oh, because boy, here we go. I remember reading one of your tweets about a football game, and there was a late yeah. score in garbage time, and I remember reading it and saying I completely disagree with my guy Richo over here. <laughs> and there's something that happened last night, and. It was in what Nick Cope just described. It was in that low-scoring Warriors-Hornets game. So the point spread is 12, 12 and a half, depending on when you got it. The Warriors are up by 11. These are the final seconds of the game. You've got the head coaches shaking hands with about 15 <laughs> seconds to go.
6: Yeah, they're, they're in front of the scorer's table yes, already. Yeah. The game is over.
7: And
4: then the Warriors go in for a layup.
7: <laughs> Unbelievable!
4: Miles Bridges blocks it. It's goaltending. The game ends where the Warriors win by 13. Full wow. disclosure, I did not have any cash on this game. The edge in my voice that you will surely hear has nothing to do with that. But the Warriors <laughs> score at the end. The Hornets take great exception. This is how it sounded on NBC Sports Bay Area. That's going to be a
6: goaltending. uh watch out.
2: And Miles Bridges did not like the fact that Kenyonis went to
0: score that one. And the, the reason he shot that is there's a difference between the game and the shot clock. Look at this. They're there. Coach Kerr is trying to break him up. Big John's got Kenyonis hemmed up. These unwritten rules.
6: If you don't like someone scoring, just keep them from scoring. I, you're going
2: to get mad that they didn't want to take a turnover and they took a shot? Like, why is everybody so sensitive about these types of issues? I mean, normally, again, if there's no shot clock, you never shoot. Why take it personal? Like, he's not trying to show you up, he's just wanting to score. Who cares? And Miles Bridges gets mad. He's like, he pushes him. Like, how could you do that? Why would you try to score? Come on, man. Like, well, the unwritten rule is that if you have the lead and the game is over, you never add
4: to the advantage gratuitously. (laughs) Forget these unwritten rules. Okay. (laughs) I totally disagree with Kalena Azabuki, who I love. Does an awesome job for NBC Sports Bay Area. No one's playing defense. The Warriors don't even look like they're going to score. And you're going to rub my nose in it? Really? That's what's happening? That It was very similar with the Saints and the Falcons at the end of the regular season. That's when former Falcons head coach Arthur Smith was saying, that's BS to Dennis Allen. The game is yeah. over. The, the Saints are in victory formation. And then they run the ball in for a touchdown, and we're like, whoa, what is going on? As they're blowing out the Falcons. I just look at this, I get it, where there is a school of thought of, hey, if you don't like them scoring on you, just stop them. But if the game is decided, the final seconds are ticking down, you're basically in victory formation and what? We're going to run like the fumble Rooski? No. No, it is on. Are you kidding me? I hate what the <laughs> Warriors did last night. I hate what the Saints did in week 18. I I I couldn't agree
7: less and and the <laughs> And the and the only I like reason how you spun is that positively. I, I like how you spun that. You yeah. said agree less instead of disagree more. I like that. <laughs> yeah.
6: I, I I have I so I I struggle with this because of competitive Uh, forces at play inside of my brain like when when I'm on the field my favorite part of football for example you know personally and I know everybody has a different feeling about it was it was it just felt like it was lawless I know there are rules and I know that you have officials with striped shirts and they have whistles and you can't do whatever you want but I just love the feeling of not getting in trouble for things that I would have been arrested for outside of the playing field. Right, right, like, right. You like could, sucker punch. You could just be as, yeah, like, yeah, a sucker punch. You could be as mean and as nasty as you wanted. Like, I wasn't a nice guy on the football field to my opponents, to my teammates I was great, but if you're wearing a different color uniform, you got it. And it was my favorite part about it for a very long time. And so I didn't care. I score as many points as you want on us, or us against you, because guess what? We're not friends. You know, we're combatants. We're out here for a reason. You know, uh, it, it, the the unwritten rules, the, this brotherhood across the NBA, especially, it kind of sickens me when some of that stuff crosses over into actual games. Like we're not out here brother-in-law in it. Like this is. This is how you guys are filling, you know, filling the, uh, the bread box at home. Like there should be a little bit of hard feelings. There should be a little bit of like, you know, elbows to the rib cages and Hey, that one stung a little bit. I'm going to remember for next time. Like I like that stuff. And maybe, maybe in today's culture, that sounds really old school, um, you know, I I don't I don't consider myself really old school. I'm pretty progressive on a lot of ideas that come across the bow with sports and I, I, I think that new ideas can freshen things up in a lot of ways. But this idea of we have to preserve the feelings of our opponents for what? I don't care. I don't care if your coach likes me. I don't care if your players like me. I don't care if you're embarrassed or ashamed. I don't care about the betting markets. I'm going out there to do a job. My job is to embarrass you. So get ready to be
7: embarrassed. Yeah, I I think this is a – it depends on what perspective you're coming from type of thing. I don't think there's a right or a wrong answer here. I, I, I do think if you're a player and you have Rich's perspective, it is totally fair to just want to be a bully in this sense. I think because I don't have that experience, I do think I lean more on Brian's side here because I just, I, I watched that play transpire and I don't know what Mr. Kanonis, I'm not sure his first name, Lester Canonis for the Warriors is really trying to gain. Like I, I understand if it's like a real play and you're trying to show the team like, hey, I'm a backup, I should get some playing time here. But that wasn't the case here. Everyone was just kind of standing around waiting for the game to end. And then all of a sudden, Kanonis just made a cut to the basket. And at the last second, Bridges was like, no, I'm not letting you do that. I actually give Bridges credit. I don't really think he did anything wrong in this spot. He just played defense. And then it kind of got a little heated afterwards. I, I, I think this is, a, this is a tough one. I think the situation in the Falcons game was different because football is a contact sport and guys could get hurt on that play. That's a meaningless play. In this situation last night, like, he was just kind of cherry-picking. You know, it really mm-hmm. wasn't hurting anyone. He just kind of stood back there and, you know, almost made a basket and didn't. So, I know this is a cop-out answer, but I think I'm on Brian's side. Slightly. I understand yeah! his perspective. I understand his perspective <laughs> because he's a player and he, it's his it's his <laughs> livelihood. But... I, the game was over. It really was over. It was. Can you yeah. imagine losing a good amount of
6: money on that? Yeah, yeah, a oh, bet on it. Man. I'd be See, furious. That, that I understand. Make, hang on, yeah. hang on. Yeah, quick, give me I'm, – sure. I'm signaling 30 to the scorer's table. I need 30 seconds to defend your, your side <laughs> because there is a part of me now. I've transitioned. Like, I mean, all that tough talk, that was the way I thought when I was a player. And that – was. Nice. Guy. Yeah, well, yeah, like I've cleaned up my act, yeah, fellas. You're a nice. Guy. I'm a professional broadcaster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like like no, I mean like the truth is though, as a fan of the game and as as a sports better on occasion where, you know, I'll have something riding on more on these games than than just my interests alone. Like if I get beat if it's a bad beat where it's a cherry picking score, and I have the under, and that ticks it over with the goaltend or or the layup landing, like oh my gosh, oh my gosh, my heart is falling out my bottom. Oh like, yeah. I'm, I am absolutely. Oh, you're furious. angry, like, yeah, and you're angry yeah. at Lester Canonis. Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's exactly. the worst. It, it, it's, there's nothing gained by that. That's the thing is, if you're gonna do that. It reminds me of White Men Can't Jump. Oh, yeah. Do you remember when Raymond... It's a little bit different situation, but Raymond's like, I'm going to get my other gun, and everybody's getting shot. You know what I mean? Like, if you (laughs) score like that... In that manner, how often do we see, and this idea, Bob Fitzgerald does a great job, it's like, there was a difference between the game clock and the shot clock. I don't care. You're up by 11. <laughs> I've, there seen are two the, the, seconds I've seen the shot left. clock
7: expire on that. Yes. They just dribble it out. They dribble and then it they out. They, they There's ki- a shot clock yep.
4: violation. Yeah. The other team dribbles it out, too. That's typically the, the way it goes. The coach's shaking
7: hands was perfect because then uh. all of a sudden Kerr like, looks over like, wait a minute, the game well, was what's over. What's you know, these guys are, you guys are fighting over here.
4: Uh, it yeah. was so man, funny! It was uh, just completely unnecessary, man. Totally unnecessary. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right around the corner, we've got Richo, my brother, that we bicker about sports, you yeah. know, with each other. That's how it goes. We've got a uh, uh, Jared Smith, FSR betting analyst. Maybe that's the segment. Which
7: side does Jared pick? It it actually has been. I'll be honest, now that we've done this show for basically two years, th- that is the vibe most days. It's, <laughs> oh it's Rich God, and yeah. Brian oh using opposites <laughs> this, and then me kind of being like the middleman. <laughs> the
6: the my, segment is you, you get the gavel slamming down. It's Judge Jared. Judge, Judge Jared. Jared. There you go. <laughs> <Love> I <it. laughs> like that. Oh, man. I've
7: been that. Bo- the, the role I was born to play.
4: Uh, I'm Brian No, <laughs> yeah. right around the corner. A little back to the futures. huh? We'll explore the futures market. Some good value to be had. It is Fox Sports Saturday right here on Fox Sports Radio. It's Fox Sports Saturday right here on Fox Sports Radio. Shortly after the show, our podcast will be going up. If you miss anything on today's show, be sure to check it out. Just search Fox Sports Radio wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to also follow, rate, and review it. Again, just search Fox Sports Radio wherever you get your podcasts. And you'll see the show posted right after we get off the air. All right, let's do this. It,
5: it, it's back to the futures. Well, maybe we can a couple bets.
4: Okay, looking at the futures market here. You could go MLB, NBA, maybe a little college hoops. I don't know if you're knee-deep in the NFL's
7: future market just Ooh. yet.
4: <laughs> you Not could quite be. yet. Yeah, you could be. What are you thinking here,
7: Jerry? I do like where your head is at, though, with the NFL futures market. And I can, if I can predict into the future this summer, we will be doing many more Back to the Future segments that include the NFL because I think the NFL futures market is awesome. But... March Madness, guys, right? We're a week away from the month starting. It is going to be unlike anything else we've ever seen. It seems like this tournament gets weirder and wackier every year. But let's look at the top because I do think at the top of the market, a little bit more predictable than the bottom And which one of these. I don't know. I don't know who this year San Diego State or Florida Atlantic is going to be. I got to look at a bracket first. But I think UConn's the best team in the country. I, I think I've made that assumption earlier in the year and now that assumption has been crystallized by the play i know they're coming off of a loss a bad loss at creighton but kind of like the bitcoin analogy from earlier in the show like when a when when a good stock dips like an apple or microsoft you, you buy and that's where I'm at with UConn right now. So they are still plus money to make the Final Four over at BetMGM, plus 110. I saw some other prices available at some other shops, but obviously we give you the BetMGM prices here on the show, and I think it's a good price because I think when the tournament starts, they're going to be odds on, and when I say odds on, I just mean minus money, meaning there will be favorable odds for them to make the Final Four, but right now you can still get them at plus money. I think it's a bet you make now, and you just sit on it for a couple weeks, and by the time we get to the tournament, tournament that bet will grow in value so UConn to make the final four plus 110 I am recommending that wager this week
4: okay by the way do we have our results from the like the football futures that we had yeah
7: I can pull them up if you want I I have the tweet saved from earlier in the uh in the landscape here I can pull it up right now if we can review that I can review it you want me to review right now who do you want me to give first Richard Bryan I have it Whoever you feel like, break your right, tie. I'll give Rich. You're, yes. you're the tiebreaker in this Alabama <laughs> national champion six to one. That's a loss for Rich. Jordan oh, Travis. He was close. <laughs> he was close. Jordan <laughs> Travis Heisman. Unfortunate. Also no, close. Man. How yeah. about this right. one though? Yeah. Patriots over six and a half wins. No, didn't get there. No. Um, <laughs> 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 well, hold on. I'll save the best one for last. Jets over nine and a half wins. That one did not get there either. Yeah. So Rich is zero and four heading into his final pick. His final pick, the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl at six Whoa, to one. Oh, wow. How what about that, Hornberger? At plus what was yeah. it? Six to one. So made six up for to, all so the so other. He ma- made it.
4: He made money on all yeah. the isn't that crazy? Awesome <laughs> stuff. That is yeah. crazy.
7: Brian, yeah. no. Rams yeah. over six and a half wins. That's a win. Cowboys over nine and a half wins. That's a win. Dolphins over nine and a half wins. That's a win. Nebraska under six wins. That's a win, right? Didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. And then Packers under seven and a half. Yeah. I I won the Packers bet. But a good showing there, Brian. Packers. Thank you. Four and one. UTEP. This is this is my picks. UTEP under over five and a half. That was a loss. Oregon State over eight. That was a push. So one oh one and one. And then I went three and zero on the NFL. Steelers over eight and a half wins. Hit that. Panthers under seven and a half wins. Easy. Packers over seven and a half wins. So I went three one and one. I was up like two units. Brian nice. went four and one, pretty good stuff. Up like two and a half, three units. But Rich won it. He's up yeah. like five units. Wow.
0: Look at good well, stuff, look at that, boys.
4: That's crazy. Um, I-, I tell you, the Steelers, it's a good season sweat because you're oh, like, yeah. are they gonna get there? I don't know. And then they do. We like, they always there. get there. Of course, that's what happens. All right, coming up next, it's not just what it is; it's also what it looks like. Ah, uh, yes. Good morning, everybody. Hope your Saturday is off to a great start here. So. Uh, just settle in because there's going to be a lot of Justin Fields news between now and as we approach the draft. The current Bears quarterback expected most likely to be traded as the Bears use the number one overall pick on a quarterback, probably Caleb Williams. But he made news this week because he unfollowed the Chicago Bears on Instagram. And he was on the – this was the St. Brown – brothers podcast you know you got equanimity saint brown you've got amon ross saint brown wide receivers in the nfl and they were asking justin fields like what's up with unfollowing the bears here's how that exchange sounded
5: why do people take social media so serious like i still mess with the bears this and that. i'm just trying to take a little break I, i'm following the bears and the nfl bro i'm not just trying to have football on my timeline like mm. i know y'all mess with a girl eq especially you just because you don't follow the girl on IG don't mean you're not messing with
4: them. <laughs> I, I love the, uh, the example and awesome. putting EQ on blast right there. Um, <laughs>
5: yeah. But I,
4: this is how I think of it, guys. Um, I, I think that you learn lessons in your life as you get older. And I used to think exactly like Justin Fields at, at that age. I used to think, hey, if you have the wrong idea, that's on you. That's not on me. And as I matured, I started thinking more like a grown up and understood.
3: <laughs> oh,
4: I have a lot to do with responsibility. How you think. Yes. I guess. So it's important to be aware of how things look, not just be aware of how things are. So, Justin Fields, I take him at his word. He probably just doesn't want stuff in yeah. his timeline. He explained it. He's like, draft Caleb, trade Justin. I can see how he would be done with that but the way it looks to a lot of people without knowing that initially is oh you're sick of the bears you want to be traded that's how it looks I'll put it this way if I go into a job interview wearing flip-flops the interviewer might say oh this guy doesn't take anything seriously this guy's lazy that might not be the truth at all but that's what someone might gather and I have a lot to do with that so justin fields he's just like hey man i don't understand why everybody's taking this just being unaware that's how it's going to go because it's gone that way so many times when players want to be traded they want to be paid they play this game and so we thought it was another installment of that and you've got to be aware of how it might look even though you don't intend it to be like that context is everything i i really think
6: that it's important like for example the fact that he said this on the St. Brown Brothers podcast as opposed to him saying it at a podium, you know, kind of deadpan with a very straight face instead of smiling and laughing with people who he's really close with, especially since he's talking to one of his teammates, you know, it, it would come off very differently if, you know, a media type, like a reporter in a in a very sterile, uh, you know, environment, while he's standing at a podium somewhere in the distance, said, hey, you know, why did you unfollow the Bears? And he gave that answer, but he didn't give it lighthearted and laughing. If he said, you know what, I just wanted to cleanse my timeline of football, we're into the off season now, and I, I didn't want to see a lot of that stuff about where I'm going to land or draft Caleb, I think a lot of people would have would have taken that and been like, oh, well, that's not believable at all. You know, there's no way like, you know, I, I really do think context is everything here because, you know, I mean, I, OK, think about it in your own life. Like if if you uh, legitimately, if if you don't answer your phone um, and your boys are trying to call you because they are having an awesome night out and you were supposed to meet up and you fell asleep, you know, you turn on Netflix for a second and you just before you knew it, it was three o'clock in the morning and you missed the whole night. Well you, you 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 talk to them the next day you go oh my gosh i fell asleep sorry missed it well if that's your boys like all right th- maybe they believe you if that's your girl maybe mm. she doesn't <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> well where were you well i was sleeping Oh yeah, what were you watching? I don't know, I turned on Stranger Things. Stranger Things? That's been over for like years now. <laughs> like, you know, it's like it's like, okay, so, you know, it's it's all about context here. I think it's possible that he's telling the truth, that he truly just wanted to burn sage and cleanse his timeline. But I also think that Justin Fields is a pretty smart guy. I also think that he he probably knows that this is going to ruffle some feathers and it's going to get people talking a little bit at the same time. In fact, I'd imagine when his agent saw that, that he had, you know, probably found out the same way everybody else did. When he saw the article that was written about this, hey, you know, yeah. Justin Fields and Father the Bears. I'm sure his agent called him and said, hey, listen, if anybody asks you you just say that you're you're taking a break from football on on the timeline okay that's that's the that's the the way we're gonna spin this okay do you got that justin because whether it's true or not you you can't have it look like you're petty or emotional or unstable yeah. at all and yeah. that's that's the truth in this situation
7: have you guys ever unfollowed a colleague or a, or a, a friend or a family member or loved one on social media before have you guys ever done that uh, You're like, I'm, sure I'm done with this. Uh, I need a break. I'm unfollowed. Not a family member. Not a family member. I probably but have and...
6: unfollowed. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
7: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I understand where Justin's coming from here. And I'll use it in the gambling space. I follow and interact with some of the smartest, sharpest minds that do this every day. During football season, I mute, like, if not all of them, half of them. And these are people that I like, respect, get beers with. But during the season, and it's different for Justin, he wants it off-season. I get that. During the football season, when I need to be locked in the most, I don't want their opinions clouding my judgment. So I understand, Justin, it's been tough. I can't imagine what it's like. To pick up my phone and scroll on social media and see my name posted. This guy's doing this, this guy's this, this guy's this. So I understand why Justin needs to burn Sage, but back to Brian's original point, optics. Yeah. You can yeah. do you can do that. So I made a mistake earlier in my career where I unfollowed a lot of people when I left the job and it ruffled feathers and people got mad at me, like do you hate me, and this and that. I learned from that mistake. The next time I got let go from a job or moved on from a different job, I just muted people and just put them to a different place on my timeline. I didn't make the action overt like that. Like I am unfollowing you. You can see that I unfollowed you. It right. is it, like I did it quietly to where I still respected my headspace and I removed those people from my timeline, but I didn't do it forcibly. I just did it quietly. Justin should have done it that like he he knew it was going to be a story he even reacted jokingly like yeah I'm glad we're talking about this it's a story yeah we know it's a story Justin this has been a story every time this has happened for the last like five years since social media has become this big thing anytime a player unfollows the team it is a big story whether it's rightful or not the fact that he knew that and did it anyways tells me the writing's on the wall now he could have done it quietly that's why I would have done it quietly I would have muted The bears i would have muted the nfl it wouldn't have come up on my timeline i would have gone about my business i would have been none the wiser but he did there was a purposeful action involved there and i think that's kind of the underlying issue
4: right it's either purposeful or careless it's one of the two sure it's probably a mix of both right he could have just been unaware yeah (laughs) really like man they they really take this social media thing Seriously, it's like, bro, you're an NFL quarterback. If we're going to take it seriously when (laughs) Debo Samuel unfollows the San Francisco 49ers, best believe we're going to care if it's a first-round quarterback. And the debate is, do you stick with Justin Fields or draft Caleb Williams? Yeah, it's going to catch a headline or two. Newsflash, you know? That's the way it's going to go. And (laughs) Look, this isn't a deal-breaker if I'm thinking about trading for Justin Fields, but it's something I take into account where – He's just a kid and he's immature, right? Where he unfollows the bears and the NFL on IG unaware of how most people are going to receive that. He mentioned in that same interview with the St. Brown brothers, he loves Chicago partially because the city is lit OK, and a drawback <laughs> to possibly being traded to the Falcons is, man, all these people are going to be blowing up my phone, asking for tickets. Like, I get everything that he's saying, but put it all together and it just screams kid image. You know what I mean? And like, that's who you're going to be trading for and paying to be the face of your franchise when his passing numbers have been in the toilet. Which is the most important factor? No, thank you. You can have him.
6: Yeah, and and this isn't the first time maturity has been questioned with Justin Fields and things that he's talked about. Because I, I mean, look, I think again he did a good job clearing it up, and maybe he wasn't complete in with his words or he didn't broadcast exact his exact feelings. Um, as as well as he hoped he did. But do you remember that sound clip that came out where he was being critical of his offensive coordinator? And then he had to walk back that statement, yeah. too. Oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah, so that's this, right.
7: And then Shane so Walder or happened. just uh, Getzy, just sung his praises out in Vegas, too. Yeah.
6: Yeah. And, and, and so, like, so this happens, or I should say, this has happened a couple of times with Justin Fields, where, you know, and it's possible. I'm not, look, I'm not going to put anything past somebody being young and uninitiated to this whole, this whole process. Like, we all take it for granted how much we know, how, much, how yeah. much we understand as me, a former player, you, Jared, being tied into the sports betting side of the media forever. Bino, you've been broadcasting forever. Like, like we, we can see the punches before they land. Like we understand how the world is going to react to a statement at the podium before the world even has times to react because we've seen it before. But for Justin Fields, he's living this life for the first time. And maybe he hasn't been a student of of podium speeches the way that broadcasters and sports media types have to be because it's a paid job. It's a paid profession. And so maybe he doesn't understand the bear traps where they lie, no pun intended. but They're everywhere there i mean it is a it is a minefield that you have to navigate as a starting quarterback in this league and that's the reason why you see so many quarterbacks like Tom Brady who give the media literally breadcrumbs yep. nothing uh throughout the course of his career Patrick Mahomes who the most controversial thing we've ever seen him do over the course of a six-year uh, starting stretch as a uh, starting quarterback in the NFL is complain a little bit about the officiating during that Bills game this season. It's the worst it's ever been, and he actually has a pretty decent gripe. I don't. I think he was wrong, but he does have a decent gripe, and still still, it was a media cycle for about three days. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, he's really shown there, there might be some weaknesses in the armor. They're getting emotional. You know? It's it, But this is the way it goes. And if you're not well-trained, if you don't have a team around you explaining to you that every single word is going to be placed under a microscope, especially depending on what market you play in, well, then then you may make some of these mistakes. And I think that's what this boils down to. Whether or not he really wanted to cleanse his t- his timeline or not and whether or not that's really an indication of how mature he is, it, it, what I do know, and what Justin Fields is learning, is everything is going to be scrutinized at this level.
7: Yeah, I, I think that's what it comes down to. I, I I am fine with his decision to cleanse his timeline. Like that is healthy. That is growth. That is showing that you need a break from your job and to focus on your person. Like that's fine. But when you are in a high profile position, your actions will be scrutinized to a exponential degree. The fact that he was unaware of that before he did it. And who knows? Maybe he was aware of it. And he was like, this is my way of... And I I understand where he's coming from, Rich. I know you can relate to this. This dude has no control of what the Bears do for the next three months. They could trade him. They could keep him. He has no idea. He has no control. The only yep. thing he has control over is what comes on his Twitter timeline. so I, Or his Instagram timeline, whatever. Like I, I understand the mechanism, the, the, the way his brain was working there. I need to get, I need a break. I need space from this. But when you're an NFL quarterback, if you take space, like a 16 year old girl trying to get away from his her, her boyfriend, like, Oh, I'm just going to unfollow him on all social medias. He'll get the message. Like mm-hmm. that's not the right approach. You either mute or you find another outlet to get away from the space because these teams are judging you, and frankly, I don't think the Bears are going to make this decision based off of this. If you need this to happen to make your decision on Justin Fields, then you've got another problem completely. But it's definitely not going to help his cause to whatever next team he goes to, because I guarantee you he's going to get asked about, maybe not this situation, but the situation when he threw Luke Etze under the bus. He'll be asked about that. That's right. He'll be asked about some of the other stuff that's maybe taking place that we're not privy to on the sidelines, in the clubhouse, et cetera, et cetera. This is just kind of the surface level of a little bit of that growth. And he's going to learn from this. I'm sure he's going to mature. All of the mistakes I've made in my life, whether it be unfollowing people on social media or stupid things I've done in my life, I've learned from it. I got a speeding ticket when I was 16. I lost my license for three months. I haven't got a speeding ticket since. You learn from your mistakes when you're growing up. And I think Justin Fields is in that process right now.
4: And I think, just to be fair, last thing I'll say about it is when we learn mistakes, Jared, you and I especially. Like, Rich, you're more on a a public stage as an athlete growing up to the degree that you were, you know. But but when we're learning things, there weren't millions and millions of people along the way saying, this guy just doesn't get it. You know what I mean? Like, it it just makes it a lot harder to learn those lessons along the way as you're maturing. That's just... Welcome to life as a professional athlete that a lot of us have never played Making mistakes, learning from them, growing. like That's just life. Makes it a lot more difficult. Uh, We've got Jared Smith, FSR betting analyst. Rich Orenberger, Penn State All-American. I'm Brian No, Did you know Discover wants everyone to feel special? That's why, with your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 customer service as well as $0 fraud liability. Which means... You're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card limitations apply. All right, it up. If an athlete is going to go down this road, this example is the gold standard. Details on the way. It's Fox Sports Saturday right here on Fox Sports Radio.
5: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents...
4: It is Fox Sports Saturday here on Fox Sports Radio. Look at Chris Perfett, technical producer in his bag right here. Very so nice. So fired it in. Let's rejoin, rejoin music. Um, how about this? So Kevin Durant, he was confronted by a heckling Mavericks fan a couple of nights ago. This is before the game. Suns were just running out for shoot around. And then this lady just yells the B word. <laughs> in Kevin Durant's Kevin Durant's direction he walks over and he's like uh, excuse me?" <laughs> you know like "what's going on?" and she completely changes her tune. She's like "no no no" like "give me some dap, KD." And he's like "I'm not shaking hands with you <laughs> or giving you five or anything like that." And listen, the the lady and her guy, uh, might have been a couple. They tried to say "oh no no no, nothing wrong here." And, and KD just walked away and basically said, "You're a grown-up." This is unacceptable. KD didn't ask security to eject the fans. He just addressed it, went over, was like, that's not right. You, you can't do that. And I thought he handled that very well. There, there's a school of thought of, hey, you're an athlete. You shouldn't be so sensitive. There's been far worse said. And I hear all those arguments. But unless you're in that situation and in those shoes – and you hear a fan be disrespectful again, he's basically saying, why should I accept you being unacceptable? And if you're going to handle it that way, I have zero problem with that whatsoever. I thought he did a great job handling that situation.
6: I agree completely. I think that, look, he had time. He was, look, it's difficult for certain players not to be offended by hecklers, I mean, or any performers. There's comedians who will throw hecklers out of a theater or a club. You know, there's uh, there's there's athletes consistently that you'll see turn around and stare down a fan in the stands who mm-hmm. cross some line that they've created in their mind. You know, it, it happens all the time. I mean, shoot, Russell Westbrook, how many fans has he asked to have escorted yeah. out of an arena for things that they right? I mean, Luka Luka I mean, did it earlier this yeah. season, yeah. It it happens consistently with all these guys. I mean, not all of them, but but uh, some of them. And and I think it probably happens more than we think or more than we know. These are just the ones that are reported and spoken about. But but look, fan fan behavior has degraded. Um, oh, yeah. Either that or. We just have so much more social media access yeah. to fan behavior. Like, so we know about every fight that happens in the stands during the NFL season. We know about every single heckler who gets tossed from an arena because they want their five minutes of fame, or the poster of that that Twitter video or that TikTok video wants their five minutes of uh, uh you know that pop on their their for you page, you know whatever it is. Like, so we have more access to all of this than ever before but I can promise you this is a tale as old as time. We were talking about this yesterday a little bit. Like when when somebody pops off and says the wrong thing, th- th- it's not it's not always when the cameras are there. You know what I mean? It it happens constantly and it happened before social media. I played in college football. My my final season was 2008. I was drafted in 2009. It was when Facebook was still called thefacebook.com. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you need it, to, it was only email to sign up, Rich. <laughs> yeah. I know I did. You need to have a .edu email. Yep. Exactly. You know, so, <laughs> so I mean, social media was in its infancy. I can promise you people said awful disparaging things about my sister and my mother and all these things from the stands. And this is in college football, so you can only imagine how bad the pros have gotten it uh, long before we had the kind of access we do. But I think if – if you're if you're going to if you're going to change someone's mind about how to treat a player, it's going to have to be on an individual basis. And Kevin Durant yep. felt like he had time for a quick chat. He spent, I mean, if you see the video, he spent like 25 seconds talking to these folks. And I'm sure he did most of the talking where he said, "Hey, that's not right. I'm a human being." I heard what you said, and it's awful, and no, I'm not going to shake your hand. And then when they try to offer an excuse, I'm pretty sure, because I watched this video close, I was trying to listen to what the guy said when he started doing all the talking. I'm pretty sure he said, hey, man, like I do a sports podcast,
4: so I know. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought too,
6: yeah. <laughs> and he just kind of waved his hand off like, I'm not wasting another second with you two. Um, but, yeah, I, I think he handled it. Yeah, I think he handled about as well as he possibly could have, outside of just ignoring it altogether.
7: Yeah, I, I frankly, I do think that is the best way to handle So I don't get it as bad as Kevin Durant does, but I've got a lot of followers. I give out a lot of picks. People get mad when they lose, and people say stuff to me all the time. I, if I showed you stuff in my DMs, it would appall some of you. Some of you might actually laugh. Um, but (laughs) I, I, so I, I relate to it, obviously not on the level that Kevin gets, but I, I relate to just waking up, trying to do your job and having random people talk smack to you. That happens to me on the daily. Um, he did handle this very well. I rarely try to engage personally with the people that talk smack to me on social media, mostly because it's, you'll just go back and forth and they just want the trolls. They just want to, they just want to feel heard and seen. I've never gone up to someone personally, and my theory is these people, I call them keyboard warriors, when you actually approach them, they're like the, the opposite. They love you and they just wanna talk to you. But we live in a society now where social media is a mask. You put things on, you can be anonymous. In a crowd of 30,000 people, however many, I know it was pregame, so it wasn't, but in the general sense of heckling at stadiums it's hard for the player to actually pick out the person who did it there's a million people sitting in the stands right in this situation it was so personal that it was a little different than a lot of the situations that we're used to seeing you know it's not malice in the palace where ron artessa's running into the stands trying to fight someone it was very quiet and engaging and i think it kind of fits kevin's personality Based on what I've seen from all of his interviews and all of his stuff, like he's very aware of what people say about him. Very aware. Almost too much. So the fact that this didn't boil over into something heated is is a positive, I think. But in general, fan interaction at stadiums and on social media is appalling. The yeah. things they say to the players, their families. If you lose a bet because a guy misses a free throw, I've seen college kickers get death threats sent to them for missing a kick. Like It is obscene what some of these people will say to players thinking that they don't have feelings or emotions. They are human beings just like us. And I know they're millionaires so maybe we don't sympathize when other bad things happen like first world problems. But to walk up to a player and you're close enough to him to where you're in an intimate environment it's the pregame, there's not a million people screaming, and you call him something that he can hear and it is not nice Yeah, I understand why Kevin would want to look over and be like, hey bro that ain't cool. I'm just trying right. to do my job here. So applaud, Kevin, for not escalating. And fans,
4: relax, please. Yeah. It's a Well, game. that's the thing is there's this mentality of, I bought a ticket. I can say whatever yeah, I want. Right. And the thing is, who's preventing that thought process? It's not the ushers. The ushers aren't cracking down on someone yelling the B word at an athlete. No. You know what I mean? It's what happens. It's either the athlete takes it, pretends it didn't happen, or or addresses it like KD, or or addresses it in a far more aggressive manner. Like, the athletes have to police the bad behavior. That's all that's happening. It'd be like, you know, speeding on the highway. You're going 100 in a 70, and there's no cop to pull you over. Everyone's going 100 or more. That's the way it is with fans at these arenas or fields, uh, stadiums. And I, I go back to LeBron did this. In Detroit one time, yeah. there was a, a fan that was saying really unfair things, and he, in a cool way, went up there and basically said, you can say whatever you want about me. My family is off limits. And he left it at that, and it was just powerful. It was just like, "Yeah, okay, all right. <laughs> we got that straightened away. And the last thing I'll say about it is I think it's so easy for people who are not in those shoes to say what an athlete should or shouldn't do. Where if I'm in KD's shoes and I'm hearing that lady yell the B word and I'm hearing way worse at arenas, online, at some point it's just it's too much. At some point I'm going to say that's not acceptable. He didn't go over right. the top. He didn't go crazy. No. He didn't put him in, himself in a position where it's going to do him harm or the Suns or the NBA. He just said, you're a grown-up. Act like it. That is yeah. 100% fair. I thought he did a great job with it.
6: Look, people need to be checked in our society. Like, I, I mean, th- we, there is a level of entitlement. You know, just because you bought a concert ticket or a ticket to an NBA game doesn't give you free reign to say and do whatever you want. Public civility is still important. If you are a person like this lady who is screaming profanities at professional athletes yeah. at football, basketball, baseball games, you are a friggin' loser. Yeah, that's the truth. That's you really absolutely. are. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, I mean. You have to do a lot of evaluating of yourself. And by the yeah. way, if that upsets the 100% of our listening audience screw you yeah, i don't right. care <laughs> i right. don't care because guess what you are a loser if you think that's acceptable i mean there are children who go to these yeah. basketball games who are looking up to kevin durant like he is a hero and guess what he is an awesome example for these kids this is a sensitive uh well spoken educated uh, uh, ambassador of a great sport that has encouraged a lot of people to pull themselves out of the worst of circumstances and elevate themselves to different places in their life just from being a part of a team. And I'm not talking about guys who made it to NBA. I'm about I'm talking about guys who played in a in a in a in a church league basketball group and and guess what? Because they lived in maybe some uh, some tough environments, they made some they met some real mentors and they had some real people caring about them and as a result they got themselves together and they found their way to a college, maybe, and they found their way to having a family and a successful business afterwards. Like sports opens a lot of doors. And it doesn't have to be professional uh, athletics. It can be, it can be the 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 most amateur of levels that can elevate people. And to create a situation where Parents are uncomfortable to bring their children to see these heroes on the hardwood. Yeah, I mean, you should be friggin' embarrassed. And this woman, it's the worst example of a person. It, it really is. Now, I maybe she's a great lady. Maybe she's a great lady. I'm sure she's a great lady. Uh, I, I, I mean, she. <laughs> Maybe she's a wonderful person. Maybe she has a wonderful life at home, and maybe she was having a weird moment. Who knows? I'm not going to judge somebody fully for just one moment caught on camera. Because if you yeah. judge me for my worst yeah. moment caught on camera, boy, oh boy! But but if you're the type of person who's shouting profanities at professional athletes, you've got to. You probably need to book an appointment with somebody you could talk to. Yep. <laughs> you know, you probably you probably need to find a different outlet. You know, because it's just it's bizarre. Uh, I don't even want to say immature behavior, because guess what? That's stuff no. that children don't even exhibit. Right. That's no. that's a learned behavior to cope with whatever nonsense is going on in your own life. It's not Kevin Durant's fault that your life turned out the way it has. It's yours.
7: Yeah, fan short for fanatic for a reason. And I, I liken it to the Bobby Hurley story. Or was it Dan Hurley or Bob? I forget which Hurley, bro. The uh, UConn coach. I think it's Dan. Dan. Um, the other night at Creighton, right? This dude's getting obscenities screamed at him for three hours by Creighton, you know, drunk college kids in Omaha. And then they lose the game. They get their butts kicked. I'm sure he's hearing it the whole game. And then he's walking off the floor and, you know, someone says something else to him and he just snapped. Like this was this was the opposite of the Kevin Durant thing. Like he Mm. snapped and you could see the look on his face. I watched that video like 10 times because I body language when I love examining and analyzing athletes and coaches when they're losing uh, I think I learn more about them when they lose than when they win frankly yeah. so I, I like to watch you know highlights of good teams losing and kind of see how they handle it and this was obviously all over social media the viral clip where I think he said he was gonna knock one of the kids out or something he, he basically physically made a threat towards them and it was not it wasn't a good look the the optics of it was bad but I've also never had right. a 10,000, 15,000, 20,000 screaming college kids drunk off their, you know what, for three hours while I'm just trying to do my job. And at the end of the night, it just all boiled over and, and you just saw the emotion boil over and I give credit to Coach Hurley, he leaned into it afterwards, he tweeted out a video of the Game of Thrones, shame. Shame. And he's like, see you Saturday, and he put yeah. his face on on uh, you know the uh, me- he memed it out, and I I I, I think that was a, a high EQ moment for him because he knows he made a mistake, and instead of running away and hiding from it, he actually said, all right, yeah, this was a mistake. But back right. to the original point, right. I have no idea what that feeling is when you are just trying to do your job and. Everyone, like, you, the world probably feels like it is collapsing on you. And he snapped. And I, I'm glad Kevin didn't snap because that would have been a massive story if he did. But I, I sympathize a little bit with these coaches and players because I just don't know what it's like to be in the center of that arena and have the entire world shaming a shame. You, you yeah. suck. Your brother, your sister, your aunt, your right. uncle. This. Like, yep. it, it's got to be overwhelming. Yeah, it is. It is. All right, we've got Nick Cope. Um, he
4: might snap if we troll him about his Niners losing the Super Bowl. Oh, okay. Yeah. He, but Come he's professional. will probably take the high road. I've been I able
2: say. to uh, to put that in the past, and you just got to open the wound, man. Too soon. Come on, it's still It's still healing. It's doing well, but it's still healing. By yeah, the way, I yeah. was I was reading more about that Dan Hurley thing. I thought that he was saying the security guard will knock you out if you reach over. Because you, oh. you see, he's pointing. He's got he's got one security guard right on him, another one in front of him, and the guy was leaning over the railing, yelling at him. And I think Dan Hurley was saying he'll knock you out if you if you reach over. So I I think that is more what Hurley was saying. But yes, he he was still he'd enough at that point. Uh, let's stick in the NBA, guys. Warriors and Steve Kerr, they agreed to a two-year $35 million extension on Friday. That makes Kerr the highest paid coach in NBA history. In terms of games on the court, Friday night, Bucks edged the Timberwolves in Minnesota, 112-107. to Lakers beat the Spurs, 123-118. to LeBron had 30. Victor Wembenyama he had a 5x5, five five, at least 5 points, rebounds, assists, and steals. 15th player in NBA history to do so. First since usage. Nurkic in 2019. Nikola Jokic had a triple double for the second straight night as the Nuggets handled the Blazers 127 to 112, 29-15 and 14 for Jokic. Uh, in the NFL, salary cap increasing to just over 255 million for next year, an unprecedented rise of over 30 million from last season. NFL meter reports the Bengals are placing the franchise tag on receiver T. Higgins, valued at 21.8 million and fully guaranteed. Back to you.
4: Thank you, Nick. Um, uh, Real fast, it's just funny. Um, Matt Campbell, the head coach of Iowa State, there was a video. It was, I forget. It was like going into halftime or something like that. And some fan, they're walking to the locker room. Some fan said something stupid. And Matt Campbell is almost bull rushing this guy. You know what I mean? And there are (laughs) players holding him back. And it's just, it's funny to me where... A coach, a head coach yeah. could react like that and depending on who it is there might not be much said but the audacity of Kevin Durant some people would be like, he's just so sensitive. He didn't bull rush anyone he didn't need to be held back. It's just funny how we could expect more from the athlete and not as much from a head coach who's supposed to be setting the tone and the the mature one it's just funny how that works out uh, coming up next, though, the final results are in. Oh, boy. We had our rapid-fire football picks throughout the entire season. Ooh. Whoever's the caboose has to do the Will Levis. We're talking a healthy portion of uh, mayo in the coffee. How's the mayo in Indiana, by the way? Is
7: it different than
4: it is out here in Vegas? I, I don't know. Oh, boy. But oh boy. I might know. Soon. Okay. <laughs> we, we, we have details there. I'm telling you, this is an epic story. It is on the way. We've got Rich Ornberger, Penn State All-American, Jared Smith, FSR betting analyst. I'm Brian No, The results are unveiled on the way. It's Fox Sports Saturday here on Fox Sports Radio. It is Fox Sports Saturday here on Fox Sports Radio. Man, the results are in, and it's an epic story here. So again, on the line for whoever's in last place of our football season rapid fire picks. Have to drink coffee with a bunch of mayonnaise in it. A la Will Levis. Okay? And so here's the scenario. Rich Rich was a bolt of lightning down the stretch. <laughs> okay? Wow. wow leading up to the Super Bowl picks. I had over four weeks, I had a three and nine stretch. While Rich oh. went eight and four. Wow. So heading into our Super Bowl picks, and we made six of them, right? Because we did it over two yeah. weeks. I need two more wins than Rich. That's what I need. That's what I'm looking for. So both Rich and I had the Chiefs plus two and the under 47 and a half for the game. Great picks. We both hit on those. But for me, I didn't make up any ground. <laughs> That just canceled each other out. So I've got – I need two more wins than Rich with four picks remaining. Okay? So I go two and two. I hit on Debo Samuels under receiving yards and the largest lead of the game being under 14 and a half. I missed on Purdy's completions because of overtime he got Uh. there and then i missed oh, on wow. Wow. yeah mahomes longest completion i took the under he had a, a deep ball to McCole hardman That's earlier right. in the game so i go 2 for 2 and 2 so rich just has to get one of his four picks right so i'm looking at this and he took isaiah pacheco over 67 and a half good pick Oof. didn't get there nope he took mahomes under half uh, like 0.5 interceptions it's like he yep. said, no interceptions. Do a pick. He had the one interception, right? So that's wrong. Rich had the Chiefs plus a half point in the first half. Oh my goodness! They're trailing, so that's wrong. Whew. It's down to this. This is a final shot here, Rich. <laughs> Debo Samuel <laughs> over seven and a half rushing yards. Oh
7: my goodness! In the
4: first half, okay. Now I'm not even kidding. I look at the box score and my heart sinks because I see Debo Samuel, three carries for seven (laughs) yards. Longest rush is seven yards. And I'm like, oh no, was that the first half? Was it the second half? And then I look and I'm like oh, shoot, this is the box score from the NFC Championship. (laughs) This is the Niners (laughs) against the Lions. And I'm like, oh, no. So I go to the Super Bowl box score. Debo Samuel, three carries for eight yards. Longest rush is nine yards. And I'm like, oh, no, is it the first half or the second half? It was the second half. (laughs) So real. Rich, Rich goes 0-4 in those picks. And so the final standings, ties count half a win, half a loss, right? That's the way the NFL yeah, yeah, does yeah. it. So Rich has 34 wins and three ties. Oh my God. So that's, you know, we added up half a loss, half a loss. That's one-and-a-half wins, one-and-a-half losses. So 34 plus one-and-a-half, that's 35-and-a-half I had thirty-six. Oh my it's half God. a win. I yeah. got him by the hook, basically. Wow. Oh.
7: What yeah. did I, I finished is pretty solid, by the way.
4: Yeah, you I did finished. well. You finished yeah. with basically 40 wins. Nice. Because you had two ties. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you were at 40, I was at 36. Rich was at 35 and a half.
6: All Rich, I have I'm to sorry, say God. is thank you. Uh <laughs>
0: This is
6: uh, this is, this is one of those years where, I mean, look, we were down and out for a while, Team Ormberger, right? Man. We got back to the lab. Heck, of a We put a couple of things together. Yeah, right. Uh, uh, I kind of felt like, honestly, I kind of felt like Mah- I'm Mahomes this thing. Like, was it a great regular season? No. No. But down the stretch, like when it mattered, yeah, I, I pulled it all together. All I needed, though, was a little bit of magic in overtime, and and things could really pan out for me. Man. I just I couldn't
4: Man. finish. I couldn't Crazy. finish. Craziness. Mayo time though. Coming up next, a very tricky spot for the league. We'll explain that on the way. You know what's funny is um, we we're recapping our rapid fire picks for the season. I was so sure after Super Bowl Sunday. I didn't even like count everything up. I, yeah. I didn't do it until Wednesday. <laughs> Neither
6: and did I I by it way. Out.
4: I was Yeah. I thought you were in last place with a bullet. I was like, "Oh, uh, I flew uh, through dude, that one
7: thing." Like, I agree. I, I think that we didn't hear sure. from you. That means you lost.
4: Yeah, I'm not even going to look. I checked and, and figured everything out on Rich's birthday. And I'm like, <laughs> I can't. I felt. just, I can't. I can't
7: tell him on his <laughs> birthday the way it unfolded. That's awesome. Ah! Weren't you, like, on vacation, too? I saw some awesome pictures from the beach, I think. Oh, yeah. That- we uh, uh-huh. Yeah.
6: We, we've got a little uh, resort down the beach from our house that nice. we, uh, we, we crashed at for a staycation over the weekend. What so yeah, up? no, I definitely I appreciate your uh your your prudence <laughs> and your uh your restraint, Brian, from dancing on my season long grave. <laughs> oh <man>, holy <laughs> no, cow.
4: Could not do that at all. By the way, for our non football picks, you know, uh, we'll keep track of those. Are we just doing it for fun? Or are we gonna yeah, that's put a, good a little question. something on it? What do you think?
7: I, I, I think I think for non football I think we should be a little more lenient with the grading because we all kind of have different perspectives of which sports we like to attack. Uh-huh. And it's oh, like yeah. a totally different vibe, right? But if you want to do some kind of contest during the off season, I'm down. I just think we need to come up with, like, the structure of it. Yeah. Because, like, having three picks on a Saturday – we could be doing college basketball, NBA, NHL, you sure. know, baseball. I like, like that. I don't know if that's an accurate way to kind of judge us if we're all Run doing Robin. different sports, if yeah. that makes sense. I love it. I think we should.
6: Yeah, that does. Just yeah, do yeah, – that, that sounds like fun.
7: Okay, so, we, so we'll just do it. So who cares? So then do – I mean, because we didn't do it last week. So we might do three picks this week. Yeah, And then yeah. we'll we'll start it. We'll just keep going the whole summer. Do the whole yeah. summer and we'll Until reset. Until football season rolls around. Right before football season. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. we we'll just do our, our non-football. I'm down. Go your Gave own way. Gave ourselves a week off, a bye week after Super Bowl, and then we start this week. So we're right back at it. Right back to the grind. Let's go, baby. You know?
4: um, <laughs> so this is uh, it's an interesting story, and Rich especially, this was in the San Diego area, right? So I'm sure you've talked to quite a bit about this on local radio, but the Chiefs signed punter Matt Ariza. Now, he was the sixth-round pick in 2022 with the Buffalo Bills. And he was accused of raping a 17-year-old girl. So the story is, just so we're all on the same page, Matt Ariza, way back in 2021, went to a party, had consensual sex with this girl. She says afterward, Ariza took her to the house party. She was raped by him and other San Diego State football players. Now, prosecutors, they concluded Ariza was not at the party at the time of this alleged rape. So there were not charges, but there was a lawsuit. And so with the lawsuit ongoing, this is from August 2022 until December of 2023. That lawsuit was ongoing. The lawsuit was ended. And now we fast forward to the here and now. The Chiefs have acquired Matt Ariza. He's on their roster now. And so the thing I think, and I'll let you guys go, I'll keep this Short and simple. I just think it shows the position that the NFL and NFL teams are in. They can be in a really tough spot if a player has been accused of something really serious like Matt Arisa was. And the Bills, they thought, well, I, I, we just got to release the guy. Yeah. It's, it's too uh, – the, the the allegations are too significant. We don't know for sure what's going on. And if, if a player isn't suspended, if he's not released, and you just got him on, his, on your roster and he's playing game after game after game, and down the road he's found to be guilty of these accusations, it looks horrible for the team, for the league. It looks like you don't care. You just don't yeah. care. It's all about wins and losses and all that. Now, on the other hand, if the player is suspended, is released like Matt Ariza was – and he's not found to be guilty. That's a rough deal for the player. It's, yeah. That part of it is really interesting to me. And that's where my mind goes because I don't know what did or didn't happen with Matt Arisa specifically. I just know how tough that spot is for the NFL and NFL teams when a player is accused of something so significant. But you don't know at the time if it's true or not. That's the reality we're in right now.
6: I mean, perfectly stated from the standpoint of public relations and the responsibility that the NFL has and these franchises have to protect the brand because the reality of the situation is they don't know Matt Ariza either. They're drafting a guy who they watched on tape. I don't know how many conversations the Bills had with him specifically, but you're you're drafting a guy, a prospect. You're prospecting. It's literally like sinking a pickaxe into the side of a mountain and trying to find gold it's the same thing you don't know if it's going to pan out until you start digging well this situation got real ugly publicly immediately for the bills and they cut bait and they ran and you can't blame them because from a public relations standpoint imagine if a pastor of a congregation a brand new pastor to a congregation got accused of these sort of things do you think he would be speaking at the next mass right the the answer is no he wouldn't you know if a ceo was hired at a major tech company and all of a sudden allegations like this came out again allegations but still if they came out publicly do you think he would still be the ceo or would the board get rid of him because again you're prospecting when you make a new hire. You're trying to find somebody for a role. You're not sure until they're actually, you know, getting their hands dirty and working with the uh, with the group that they're tasked to work with. So from the NFL team standpoint, it is completely defensible what the Buffalo Bills did. Now, from a personal standpoint, I know Matt Ariza. I've spoken to him personally many times. Uh, I've interviewed him on the phone, on my radio show many times. I watched every single game of his college career. He is inarguably one of the most dominant players. Yeah. And I played with Tom Brady, and I played with Philip Rivers, and I played with Randy Moss, and I played with some greats. At Gronkowski, he is honestly one of the most dominant players to ever play his position I've ever seen in person. It was unbelievable I've never seen a punter take over games but Matt Ariza could it was unbelievable so to see what happened in this whole situation was surprising it was shocking I think San Diego State was tasked with uh an an insane amount of pressure to get all these things right and I think they handled it really well I think Matt Ariza personally handled this extremely well um and I, here's here's the reality of the situation I've played with I played with many players unfortunately who were accused of things I shouldn't say many but I played with some guys who were accused of things and later it was found out that the ac- accusations were false and it and and many of those accusations were along the lines of you know a sexual assault allegation against them you know a, a young woman makes a claim against a player because maybe there's some regret attached to the decisions that she made, or yep. maybe something didn't happen at all, but she's looking for attention. Like, I I promise you these things happen. And the, the unfortunate and very scary reality of these situations were the player who is wrapped up in this thing gets remembered, whether fair or not, as somebody who was once alleged to be involved – with a sexual misconduct or a rape case and the person who accuses oftentimes they kind of vanish into the ether and nobody remembers that name but you can destroy a life that way yep and Matteriza, for for what it's worth again the only people who know what happened that night are the people who were specifically involved and he's been obviously exonerated from any sort of charges pre- that, that could have been pressed against him from a prosecutorial standpoint. And then also from a civil st- standpoint, as this young lady dropped the case against him, he lost two years of his life. Yep. That's the reality of this situation. and And that's a scary proposition that somebody can accuse you of something that you didn't do. And it could just poof. It could just take away two years of of his most, by the way, prime earning years in terms of his career. So this is a cautionary tale. It's a scary situation, and uh, it's an unfortunate situation. But this happens, this happens a lot, and this is just a high-profile case that got spoken about. But it happens a lot. There's a lot of college athletes and professional athletes that things like this have happened to, and there's not enough attention being paid to the fact that this can destroy people's lives for a good long stretch.
7: Yeah, it's it's really tricky. I, the Trevor Bauer situation is the first thing that comes to mind here. Mm, yeah, um, and I, that situation was even more extreme because of how good, like he was the Cy Young Award, like he was like the best pitcher in baseball. Obviously, the NFL is king, but the punting, you know, fraternity. Is not king, so this wasn't as big of a story because of the position Matt plays. If he was a quarterback of the team, it would, I oh my mean, goodness, it would have been. And the Trevor Bauer stuff was years in the making, and I feel I feel for these for these guys because I think. They're innocent based on what the letter of the law says. They are innocent. And that is the only opinion I can have because I wasn't there. I don't know. I am basing it off of the authorities and the legal process. And the legal process has spoken on both Matt and Trevor. And they have both been exonerated from their crimes. And now you have to pick up the pieces. And for Matt, the NFL career is so short to begin with. Now, I know punters can have a little more of a longer lifespan, but that is terrifying. And same th- same thing with Trevor Bauer. All I've read for the last week is Trevor Bauer wants to play baseball again. I'm seeing clips. He looks good, but he hasn't pitched in what three years. So it's just it. And for Matt, I think you can get right back on the horse with punting. I think he'll you know he'll he'll be great. You know, in Kansas City, he's got a great special teams unit there. I think they're one of the better special teams units in, in the NFL. So he'll he'll get his career back on track. I don't know if Trevor's going to be able to get his career back on track. And I mean, these are like you know, shining stars in their sports where a woman decided I don't want this person to have success or fame anymore. And that's kind of what the story was. And they just undercut them. I mean, it's, it's, it's scary to think that this can happen. I just always stay away from these stories if I can. And I always put myself in situations where I'm not going to get set up for that because man, that is scary. Now I Not enough money or, like, like Trevor does or, or Matt does, but it's scary that it can happen so fast and you're like, wait a minute. I wasn't even at the party. What just happened? So, yeah, that is a cautionary tale for definitely the athletes dealing with it. But the administrative leave, I think, is a is a solution for the NFL. Like, maybe that's the, the uh, way to fix it is, you know, you just put these guys on leave and you can keep them on the roster and let things play out. But I, I don't know what the right, you know, operation there is. But I know baseball does the administrative leave and it, it has worked in, in certain scenarios. Yeah, you've.
4: The commissioner's exempt list. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah, you're on the roster, you're still getting paid, but they're just yep. trying to figure out what's what exactly. Yeah, you know. And look, man, it's these conversations are always difficult, and we just have to state the obvious where it can work the other way as well, where there is an actual crime, and the you know the the person who did the wrongdoing walks or isn't found guilty, right? Like, so there is that other side of it where something did occur. I'm not saying that's what happened in this situation, but I'm just saying there are instances where that is the case and someone is assaulted and the other person isn't brought to justice. That does happen, but I just look at, stick with what I know. That's a tough spot for the NFL and for NFL teams to be in when they have a player who's accused of something so significant that they're going to look awful if they just allow the player to play and then he ends up being guilty, it's but what do you do? Because it's like you always hear this: innocent until proven guilty. It doesn't yeah. work like that for the team or especially the league, because they're right. going to look awful if they just allow right. the guy to play. And then if you're innocent the whole time, what do you get? It's like, hey, sorry, man, but we kind of have an to, idea. How about we this? had to look out for one here
7: administrative leave but your money goes to a pool if you're innocent you get your money if you're guilty the money goes to the victim how about that I
4: I, I like what I mean, you're thinking you know it's it, not a terrible
6: idea and then you know look again this is a conversation or, or really an idea that should be hashed out by somebody smarter than me but you know there there is there is um punishments that are levied against people in the court of law because of the mental anguish that they yeah um, that they 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 put on people a, as a result of their actions like and, and I mean this is beyond mental anguish for Trevor Bauer for Matt Ariza I mean you're you're affecting their ability to earn Matt Ariza I know for sure didn't didn't hold a job and I'm not sure if he could have while all of the proceedings were were coming yeah. out and the revelation probably were coming not. out. <laughs> you know Trevor Bauer he's a rich man but I mean, and he owns his own company as a media company that that he worked. But I mean, how 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 did this affect his viewership on on YouTube or you know his ability to capitalize on his on his name, image, and likeness during the proceedings? You know, I I don't know if it's possible, but because I would never want to discourage somebody who actually was a victim of a sexual assault crime from coming forward, worried that there could be retribution against them if their case isn't strong enough to hold up in court, but it feels like there has to be something done because in a lot of ways, if, if, if exactly what was determined by the prosecutors and is, is, is accurate, right? Where's the retribution or the punishment for, because this, this would not be victimless then. Because right. if you want to flip it around, Matt Ariza or, or or even Trevor Bauer, to a greater or lesser extent, becomes a victim here. So right.
7: they it, are the victims uh, again. One hundred percent. Matt and Trevor are victims in this scenario. And it's 100%. also rich. It's
4: one of these where the next actual victim,
7: yes, will be that, discredited. Right. That
4: has 100%. a credible story. Pride like, wolf. well, remember the last time that you reacted? Yep. That's the. Uh, that's
7: awful as this, well. The Trevor Bauer stuff is really bad. Not not to completely derail the convo, but I think the Bauer stuff is like some of the worst heinous stuff I've ever seen ever against him. Like the 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 the, like the like just the scheme uh, that went involved. Like he showed the text messages of this girl and what she was going to do. Like that is scary for any professional athlete with money. Be careful. This Mm. happens a lot, and it is a scary scenario. Well, Well, we've got Rich Ornberger, Penn
4: State All American. Jared Smith with us, FSR betting analyst. I'm Brian No, Coming up, uh, we will uh, we'll do something a lot lighter here. You know, that, that was the adult <laughs> yeah, good, conversation fun, that man. needed to be, to be had. This will be a lot more fun. Who needs a do-over most this week? The audio is absolutely top shelf. We will uh, debate that around the corner. It is Fox Sports Saturday right here on Fox Sports Radio. It's Fox Sports Saturday right here on Fox Sports Radio. So thought we'd have some fun with this. There were some comments made during the week, and I'm wondering who needs a do-over the most. <laughs> if you were to say, okay, strike that from the record, just try it again, you know what I mean? <laughs> so these are your four candidates. We will start with Anthony Rendon, Angels oh. infielder. Who was talking about baseball not exactly being his top priority. Here you go. That's never been a top priority for me. This is a job. So
2: I do this to make a living.
4: Yep. All right. Just doing it. Make a living. Make ends meet. Not a top priority. Okay. We've got Jay Williams. So this was last week on ESPN's College Game Day. He was talking about Iowa sensation Caitlin Clark. Here's what Jay Williams said: I am
6: unwilling, and maybe it's more the the Kobe mentorship around me, to say that she is
4: great yet. Okay, not great yet.
7: Yikes, <laughs>
4: Caitlin Clark. Uh, we it also it gets worse
7: have... or better from here, Brian, because those two were pretty bad.
4: Uh, <laughs> not it's pretty lie. bad. I mean, this is stiff competition. You can make yeah. an argument for any one of these four finalists here. Who needs a do-over the most? There was Kenny Smith. This was during All-Star Saturday. The shootout between Steph Curry and Sabrina Unescu, the three-point challenge, this is what Kenny Smith said right after Steph Curry won.
3: She should have shot from the women's line. Great. That would have been a fair contest. A I, still I still root for Sabrina.
0: I still root for Sabrina. We all are for Sabrina. No. This is the, what are she
3: should have shot about? from the three-point line that the women shoot from.
4: Should have shot from the three-point line that women shoot from. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's it's It was mainly a muscle memory thing. He talked about it afterward, which makes sense, but he didn't say that after the competition, you know? So we were confused, just like Reggie Miller. And then there's this. This is a little compilation of Rick Pitino crushing, (laughs) crushing his own St. John's team after they lost to Seton Hall.
7: We are so non-athletic that we can't guard anybody without fouling. This has been the most unenjoyable experience I've had since I've been coaching. We just lack toughness. It's taken me a month to get them to throw bounce passes. Actually, two months to throw bounce passes. Do you have any second thoughts of taking this job? No, not at all. It's not St. John's. It's my team.
4: <laughs> it's not St. John's fault. It's just these hacks I'm trying to coach up over it. So what do you guys think? You know, Rich, we'll give oh, you first, tra- first crack. There's Anthony Rendon. Jay Williams, yeah. Kenny Smith, or Rick Pitino—Who needs a do-over the most?
6: What's crazy is the most defensible is Rendon because I think life balance is super important, and anybody who prioritizes their work over, for example, their family—you um, know—I mean, it, it that 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 can break up marriages, that can break up families, that you know. It, don't get me wrong. Work is a priority, but I don't think it should ever be the priority in your life. I think um, I think that'll lead to a really unfulfilling life for a lot of people. So maybe he could have couched it yeah. uh, <laughs> with a little bit more of a pleasant delivery Not the message, message but- the delivery. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was. It was. Uh, it was just delivered a little. A little. Uh, you know. I mean, instead of FedEx, you know, dropping it right on the uh, the, the doorstep, maybe it was like. Punted over the fence. <laughs> Post office
7: it was late. Yeah. You had to go to their pick it up, and they were the guy made a, a face at you. And yeah, it was a disaster.
6: I think the one who got it the most wrong was uh, Jay Williams on on uh, on Caitlin Cal- Clark. Uh, yeah. Not not ready to call her great. If if Caitlin Clark isn't great. I don't. I don't really. I don't really know the definition yeah. of that word. Then, yeah. <laughs> like, like she is as as good. Well, first of all, she's as good of a college, uh, a women's college basketball player as we've ever seen. Um, maybe, maybe are in the argument for one of the best college basketball either gender we've ever seen in terms of uh, the designations at the at, at the college basketball level. I mean, she is elite. She's sensational. She takes over games on a night in night out basis and she's smashing records along the way. So, yeah, if if she isn't great, if you're not ready to call her great, I'd love to see uh, how high the bar is set inside of his mind, because I, I don't then I don't know what great looks like.
7: Yeah. Yeah. I'll go quick here Kenny Smith I give him a pass because it was like a weird situation and he was just kind of commenting and you know the crowd was going nuts behind him and Reggie Miller's you know in your face asking him questions so I bet if he was able to do that over again he would have explained it a little bit better Rick Patino I mean this is just old man yelling at the clouds guys he's seventy one years old he's 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 fed up with you know going to the diner and 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 the waiter waitress getting his order wrong and so he's gonna finally you know pull a Karen and go talk to the manager like it, it that was I. I give him you know a little bit of a pass because of just the scenario he's in. I I do think man, the Rendon stuff. I I agree with his premise, but the delivery was absolutely terrible. Right. The dude's made like two hundred million dollars in like a ten year career. Show a little bit of gratitude to what you've done and the sport. Right, baseball is such a historic sport. Show a little bit more connection to your job because so many people that love you love the sport and you're just like "Eh, I don't even care about that or them I'm just here to hit my dingers and go home like it just makes you look a little bit jaded and I just don't think when you just got a 250 million dollar contract from the Angels which you haven't lived up to at all it's just not the best look I agree I think the Jay Williams stuff was awful I, Mm -hmm. I I don't understand how you can watch Caitlin Clark play basketball and not say she's great like and basketball college basketball it is so much more difficult to win the national title because of the great teams get knocked out because of the march madness element the best teams sometimes don't even make it to the final four because you're one and done so to not call a player great because the team hasn't accomplished a goal i think is completely short-sighted you are way you only a sith deals in absolutes There is no black and white with this scenario. You can be great and not win a title. You can also be bad and be on a team that wins a title, and you're instrumental to that team winning a championship. Both of those things can be true, and someone as smart and connected to the game like Jay Williams to completely miss on that is Mm. mind-boggling to me.
4: The Rendon stuff is really interesting to me because anybody who's ever been in a relationship knows this. It's not just what you're saying. It's (laughs) how you say it and how you frame it. Like yeah. that matters a ton for Rendon to be like, baseball's not a top priority. I mean, it's a job. And he then went on to say my faith in my family. That's those are my top priorities, which is fair. I understand that if he frames it differently, if he says as important as baseball is to me, yep. my career is going to end one day. And so my focus has always been and always will be first and foremost on my faith and my family. Like, that's a different way to frame it. It's Positive more understandable. Yeah. Instead it's, of negative. That's right. So that part is really interesting. But, look, I think of it like this. Who will have it the toughest going forward based on what they said? You know? Rendon, I hate to say it, but he's a baseball player. Right? Like, If he's an NFL player and saying this, it's going to have more legs. Sure. Right? It's it's just not going to have the same He's becoming traction. an
7: afterthought, too, frankly. He, he never plays. Right. That's right. That's where yeah. it is. Patino, could
4: it hurt him on the recruiting trails? Sure, it could. Yeah. But look, <laughs> man, it's a coach. This isn't the first time a coach has publicly blasted his team. I, I think that it doesn't carry as much weight going forward. Kenny Smith, it was clunky. I get his explanation. That doesn't have as, many, as much legs. I, I think the Jay Williams stuff, this is the problem. Totally. Agree. Once you start to gain a reputation, it's really hard to change it. And so Jay was so off base with Caitlin Clark, as great of a player as she is, he's going to have to get so many things right for people to start saying, man, this Jay Williams is starting to crush it over here. You know what I mean? Like that was just a rough, rough moment. And if you want to talk about a soundbite having some legs, I can see that one being dusted off from time to time of Caitlin Clark's the number one overall pick and crushing it in the WNBA, you know, where we just revisit this. Hey, aren't you the crazy guy who yeah. said she wasn't
3: great? What's <laughs> She's going to win like
7: you? 10 WNBA titles now. Yeah. And, and Jay Williams, they should make them do like a podcast together.
3: <laughs> oh, it. my God. Jay
7: Williams and Caitlin Clark podcast. Please make it happen. Or the, the I, Jay Williams, know, Cheryl Swoops podcast
4: on Caitlin Clark. We could do that too, as well.
7: I mean, mean, think about it. Like how
6: often will, will like people will revisit the, the skip. uh, Johnny Manziel will be, be a bigger star in Cleveland than LeBron. Right. Oh gosh. Yeah. I mean, those have been circulating a lot recently because Manziel's recent uh, podcast visit with Shannon Sharp. But I mean, he also was the one saying to Merrill Hodge when, Hodge accurately described Manziel as a late round draft uh, draft grade on his board. Um, He, he, I mean, squarely told him, this is your worst take, Merrill, of all time. <laughs> like, meanwhile, meanwhile, he was—he had no idea, but he was backing into the worst take of his career. So, <laughs> yes,
7: yes, that's right. And, and that's what we could have here. So, yeah. The it's Jay like, Williams stuff is so interesting because there's so many average players that have won championships on great teams. And, right. like, does that make those players great by default? Like, his argument logically makes no sense at all like Matthew Slater the special teams guy and all those great Patriots teams like is he the greatest player ever because he won uh, how many championships on the you know as like the 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 coattails of on the field for like eight plays during the game like I just don't understand the logic with what he said
4: well what was interesting is I was watching the Kentucky LSU game Um, and this was I forget what day it was during the week and Dave Pash is doing the game with Jay Williams hmm and they showed Angel Reese in the crowd. And Dave goes, hey, Jay, is Angel Reese great? Yeah. <laughs> and Jay was like, oh, man, look at you, stirring the pot over yeah. here. And so they had this whole conversation about it. And this was a brief portion of it.
3: I guess
2: what I'm trying, yeah, to, help trying, to, here, trying to help you to, with here be- is... <laughs> you're saying she's great because it came off as if you're saying she wasn't. Yeah, you're saying she's great. You're yeah, just not putting her in the Brady
4: category of... All the best time. we've ever yes. seen. And I think that's fair. So that's what he changed it to. He said, yeah, I, I the said, backtrack. yeah, I said she wasn't great. I meant she wasn't the greatest. And well, that's I don't a a word entirely. not, but I, I don't know if that's a backtrack or not owning it. a backtrack. mistake. I'm not sure. I don't know. But I do know this. This is what's funny to me too, what Jay said in that conversation with Dave Pash. People didn't hear words like "prolific." Yeah. People didn't hear words like "in order to be in the pantheon," or into the levels of immortality. That's my favorite part is, it's your <laughs> guy's fault. OK, yeah, you didn't hear me when I said Pantheon and all these things you guys just picked up on. Great. It's like because you said it, because that's what <laughs> you said, dude. Like that's Literally, on she's you. Not yeah.
7: great. Like, I don't understand how we can misconstrue that. No, we can't. Yeah.
4: And, yeah. and we
6: It. look, it's I get it from the standpoint. Everybody's put their foot in their mouth and oh, I've done it. I, who hasn't the yeah. best way to handle this is be like, you know what? I misspoke. Yeah, I really, honestly did. I Just got own caught it. up in the agreed. Yeah, I got caught up in the sentence I was constructing. Yeah. Yep, and I My bad. was cir- yeah. Uh, yeah. I was circling the airport. Didn't know exactly where it put a, put the <laughs> plane down. And you know what? I chose freeway. I meant yeah. to choose runway. I chose freeway. Yeah, and, I landed and, on a grocery you know store. No one got hurt, but you know, my bad. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, but still, I mean, when when my you're bad. when you're when you're throwing out the uh, the 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 whatever you call it, the landing stairs in the in the produce section, you're gonna have some <laughs> upset passengers. Yeah. And I totally understand that. So I, that one's on me, Caitlin. You're great. I apologize for ruffling feathers because 100%. it was not what I yeah. intended to no, say. And, and then it's and over people after been like, they yeah, do that. Yeah. 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 And and that's the
7: thing about it. Like if if you are so quick and I listen, we we say a million words on shows. I do a gajillion shows a week. I say dumb things all the time. If someone ever walked up to me and was like, you said something on a show that was so dumb. And then I listened to it. I was like, yeah, that probably doesn't make any sense. I would likely if they came at me in not the Kevin Durant way where they were calling me expletives, but they actually like nicely approached me and said, you know what? I think you're wrong on this take. And here's why. And if I did agree in this case where it's, like, obvious that you're wrong, just be like, yep, yeah, you're right. I probably got that one wrong. Yeah. I, you get stuff wrong all the time in this business. It's the ability to overcome that wrongness and how you – right? I say I just said this an hour ago. I like to look at star athletes and coaches when they lose. What is their demeanor when they're losing, when they're getting something wrong? Do they still feel like right. they can overcome it? Or do right. they throw a, a hissy fit and they're like, oh, no, it's really your problem. Right. Well,
4: I just think super fast, and we'll get to Nick Cope, is um, – You'd be shocked. I, I roll like this. I don't expect people to be perfect, but I expect you to own it if you get something wrong. Yep. That, that's it. You'd be shocked if you just come out and say, my bad, I screwed that up. I. There aren't as many people willing to just rub your nose in it like, that's right, you did get it wrong. They're just like, yeah, okay, cool. We've all made mistakes. Most people think like that. You're better off just saying, I screwed it up, man, instead of backtracking or shifting it into something it never was. We're going to shift things to Nick Cope right now, an upstanding citizen, a fine man. He's got the latest for us. What's going on, Nick? Well, when I heard that
2: audio between uh, Dave Pass and Jay Williams, this was all I could think about.
6: Way back,
3: back, 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 way back! Chris Berman in
2: <laughs> the Home Run Derby. Backtrack. Back, 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 back. My favorite, though, is Rick Pitino saying all that, and then... He walked it all back a couple days later, saying I wasn't ripping my players. I don't know. Yeah.
4: <laughs> I don't know how you call. No, he <laughs> stood by it the next day, and then after a win, he was yeah. like, "I talked to Guy my wife, maybe a bit much, yeah." It's been a rough, <laughs> rough few yeah.
6: Weeks, I, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: I just, you
7: know, I, I probably need some sleep. I was a little <laughs> angry. I mean, that he was, lives in Queens. Give him some credit. The weather sucks. Traffic's yeah. terrible. I'm sure he's miserable.
2: <laughs> it was, it was the definition of ripping your players, and he exactly said. I did not rip my players. Yeah. I just said they were unathletic and made this the most unenjoyable experience of my life. Yeah. I just, I mean, that's why college basketball coaches are the best. I mean, more so even than college football, I think. They are just an insane breed. That was
7: the Rick body double. It was like a robot version of Patino. He just didn't really realize what he was saying.
2: <laughs> oh, boy. We do have college basketball coming up here in about 20 minutes. Got a, some good matchups on hand today, including at the top of the hour, he got number 2 Houston taking on number 11 Baylor Uh, in the NFL we've got the Bengals they are placing the franchise tag on receiver T Higgins that according to NFL media the tag expected to be valued for receivers at 21.8 million this year and fully guaranteed just saw some comments from Eagles receiver AJ Brown. Some rumors that maybe he's unhappy with the situation in Philadelphia. But he says no, he's no where way. he wants no. to be. Well, in Philly. AJ
4: Brown is upset in it, Kobe. Yeah. I that never happened. Never. Stop. Well, Stop. I I can't
6: believe this.
2: <laughs> I was I was thinking earlier when you guys were talking about Justin Fields. Like does Fields not realize he's not a receiver or a DB? Like he's got to stay in his lane. Like he, he he can't be pulling this diva stuff like a receiver. All right, guys, in the NBA, the Warriors and Steve Kerr, they've agreed on a two-year $35 million extension. It makes Kerr the highest paid coach in NBA history. Bucks beat the Timberwolves 112 to 107. Lakers over the Spurs 123 to 118. Nikola Jokic had a double do- or a triple double, excuse me, for the second straight night, as Denver beat the Blazers 127 to 112. Women's Gold Cup, the U.S. women's national team defeated Argentina 4-0. They clinch a spot in the knockout stage. Guys, back to you.
4: Thank you, Nick by the way, I'm so interested in tomorrow's Creighton-St. John's game because of everything that Rick Petito has been oh, saying yeah. about his team throughout the entire It's going to be week. another
2: long one, I think, for uh, uh, St. John's and Pitino.
4: It should be. We might have to look to the, uh, a cover there by Creighton or the team total over. The line isn't out yet, but, you know. We'll look forward to the lines that are out right now. Got some college hoops picks, maybe a little NBA. We'll throw them your way. Next, we've got Rich Orenberger, Penn State All-American, Jared Smith, FSR betting analyst. I'm Brian No, a boatload of picks coming your way next. It's Fox Sports Saturday here on Fox Sports Radio. It is Fox Sports Saturday right here on Fox Sports Radio. Hey, Shortly after the show, our podcast will be going up. If you missed anything on today's show, be sure to check it out. Just search Fox Sports Radio wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to also follow, rate, and review it. Again, just search Fox Sports Radio wherever you get your podcasts. You'll see the show posted right after we get off the air. Props to the crew. Bo Benson, our trusted producer. Chris Perfett, technical producer. Nick Cope doing a great job on the updates. Top of the hour, up on game. LeVar Arrington, T.J. Hushman's out of Plaxico Burris. Don't go anywhere. Keep it locked right here on Fox Sports Radio. All right, we've got some picks to make. Let's do it.
6: Rapid Fire.
4: All right, Rich. Uh, I'm sorry, Jared. Let's start with you. That's already out of practice here. You know the football We're right back
7: into the mix. Um, I checked in with Seamus, by the way. He likes uh, Bama today on the road. I'm actually on the other side of that one on Kentucky, so I won't give you that. But I'll give you the Seamus special. He does like Bama on the road today as a dog, and the total in that game is in like 175 range. That's going to be an insane tempo. That Kentucky Bama game should be one of the best games of the year. I'm not betting it uh, for the show purposes, but I am on um, Kentucky for my own personal reasons. But let I'll give you the three official picks for the show. I'm on the over 140 and a half. Yale and Columbia. A little Ivy League action today. Columbia's one of the best three-pointing sh- shooting teams in the country until yesterday when they were Brick City against Brown. I bet Columbia yesterday and lost, and I think they bounced back today. Yale's also a really good shooting team. Didn't shoot it that well at Cornell yesterday, so I think both teams positively regressed. We'll go over 140 and a half in the Ivy. I'll give you Iowa State laying 17 and a half today at Hilton. They're facing West Virginia, who has not won a road game all year, and I think Hilton and Ames, like, one of the toughest places to play Play. Iowa State bounced back after they lost to Houston earlier this week. I think they put up a big number on the Mountaineers. And we talked about Coach Hurley walking off the court in Creighton. I think UConn gets a big bounce back win today against Villanova. I will lay 11 and a half points with the Huskies.
6: Okay. All right, all right. I love it. Okay, Mount West, highly competitive this year. A lot of teams um i'm gonna be making the tournament san diego state is where i focus my gaze because they're coming off a rough loss against the utah state aggies for the lone claim of the mount west one seat for now the Aztecs go to fresno state now this team they beat up on earlier in the season they're favored by 13 points i think they have a big bounce back night After licking their wounds a little bit over the course of this week, they're back-to-back road games, but they need to get a big win on the road. I think they need a statement win on the road. I think it happens here. So I have the Aztecs favored by 13, and they have two NBA props from later tonight. Oh, nice. I like this. Yeah, I like this this game to be high scoring between Boston and New York. Jalen Brunson. His point total is at 28 and a half. Give me the over. Jason Tatum on the other side, 26 and a hook. Give me the over.
4: Okay. All right. Interesting wow. stuff. I'm uh, I'm going to stick with college hoops because we only have three NBA games. So mm. I've got my eye on a, a few of these college hoops games. Give me Wake. Give me Wake Forest. Minus two and a half. Take it on Duke. This has been a trend. So top ten teams... on the road against unranked teams. They've got a losing record outright this season. It's crazy. So I'll take the Demon Deacons minus the two and a half against the top ten Duke team. That line is staring at you in the face saying, this doesn't smell right, does it? Yeah. It doesn't. doesn't. Mm. There's a reason why it doesn't smell right. I'm going to take Kansas State plus a point and a half. They're at home taking on BYU. And I'm going to go rock fight here. Houston, Baylor, I'm looking at the first half. Give me under 63 and a half. I think it gets off to a very, very slow start. So there you go. You have any great ideas for our, uh, you know, non-football season picks? Mm We'll keep Nothing track. You with mayonnaise.
7: Yeah, no, I, I, I think Rich has had enough mayonnaise for one lifetime. Um, this is yeah. a good segment. I like, I maybe we should, maybe next week we'll do, a, instead of the, re, right this week we did the recap during that 7 o'clock hour. Maybe uh-huh. next week in that segment we can come up with a brainstorming idea. Like we can do, yeah. come up with our best two or three stipulations for there the you loser. There I like that. And we can throw it around and see which one is the better oh, of the win. Maybe we could put out a Twitter poll. On oh, yeah. 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 Get social media. Could be a fail. You know the first thing
4: I thought of, and this is a horrible idea. We've done the Will Uh Levis mayo and the coffee. I thought about the Will Levis eating the banana. Yes, yes, yes. I like that. Put that on the list.
6: Good one. Just a
4: horrible. (laughs) It's gonna be
6: me. It's gonna be me. I'm gonna eat a whole banana.
5: Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury.